Hi everyone, Jeanette Jifkins from Onyx Legal and we're talking all things legal again this morning. Um, so one of the topics that is key in Australia right now is, oh my God, what happens to all our personal information through Optus? Um, so from a practical perspective uh, in terms of protecting your identity from identity theft, a couple of little tips. Um, if you get any threatening emails, um, if you think they're credible in terms of, um, for example, my husband received an email saying, um, you are the owner of this domain name and we have your personal information and if you don't pay us money, we will ruin your reputation. My husband laughed at that and has deleted it. Um, because he doesn't give it any credence or credibility. So he's fine with that. Um, that is a domain name he hasn't used. He purchased it a number of years ago and he was going to do some stuff with it and he hasn't done anything with it. So in terms of any income or reputation or anything, it's going to have no impact. Um, if, on the other hand, your primary business website, you get some sort of... Um, communication like that, then there's a couple of things you can do. Immediately change passwords on everything. Um, so you need to update your passwords and you need strong passwords and you need to not use the same password on multiple sites. Um, that's a really important thing. Uh, login details. So if you have login details to the back end of your website, who here has a WordPress website? Okay, who here knows how to access the back end of that website? Okay, if you have a login that is admin, go and delete that admin, that, set up a username without admin in it and without it being your name and without it being the name of any of the people mentioned on your website. Okay, so get a username that is unique and not obvious and then delete your admin login because that is one of the easiest ways to get into things with brute force attacks and backends and that kind of thing. So um, admin is not a good username and 123456, which is the most popular password in Australia, is not a credible password. Um, so that's the first thing. Go and fix those things that you immediately have control over. Um, now, I don't know about you, but I, sub I receive emails from Barefoot Investor uh, and he, from a credit perspective, he had a really good tip this morning. Um, there is an organisation out there called Credit Savvy and they have the ability to um, block your, if you log into the Credit Savvy app, you have an ability to go into that app and um, freeze or block your credit profile. So what that means is if anybody seeks to um, do a credit check on you for the purpose of lending money, that you get an alert. They can't actually access that information. It doesn't impact your ability to borrow or anything like that. What it does is stops other people using that information to borrow. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, so I might just, I can find the, uh, yeah, what I'll do, yeah, after after this presentation, what I'll do is I'll go and find the, the steps on how to do that. And I'll 
put them in the chat for everyone. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, um, they're just key things you can do. Um, you, There's very little point in expressing your concerns to the Privacy Commissioner right now. The Privacy Commissioner is all over it. Um, as you may be aware, government's all over it, or at least they think they are. And they have already said that they propose to put in place changes before the end of the year, the calendar year. Um, how practical and um, reasonable that that is, I don't know. They have been talking about reviewing the privacy legislation for some time and they did seek consultation last year. So it is possible that that may be accelerated because it's partly in train. I would be surprised if we get changes to the privacy law before the end of the year, but I would expect it within the next, like before the end of June next year. Um, so it's keeping an eye on the privacy changes to privacy legislation, we will be keeping our clients up to date in our newsletter. Um, so if you're interested in, there's a whole lot of other legal tips and things that go out um, sometimes monthly, um, sometimes a little bit more spaced. So if you're interested, then you can always pop onto our website and check them out. Um, Theguardian.com, yeah, I'm not, I don't credit The Guardian any higher than any other news reporting service. Um, but there is the cyber security um, group that has been set up, the Australian Cyber, I think it's ACBR, something like that. Um, I don't have it noted on my laptop at the moment, but um, there is a government um, entity set up particularly for cyber protection and they have some fantastic resources on their website and a whole bunch of information it's worth checking them out so just go cyber security Australian government and you'll find their website um, and that uh, should give you some resources and um, peace of mind in looking at some of the things that they're offering okay so in terms of other things happening in business. Um, who here works with a partner, a business partner? Nobody. Oh, interesting. Okay. What about contractors? Yep. There's a few people with contractors. Okay, great. Um, do you have written agreements with your contractors? Yes. Fabulous. When was the last time you checked them? Anyone? About three months ago. Three months ago, fabulous. Last week. Last week, fabulous. Two weeks ago. Yep, excellent. Glad to hear it. Anything that you haven't checked in the last two years um, needs review, okay? Because laws change, relationships change, what you do in business changes. These things need to be kept up to date. So if you've got any sort of contract that you're involved in that you haven't reviewed in the last two years, please do pull them together and have a look at them or get advice on them. And the, that is just to make sure that they remain current, up to date and effective for, for what you want to achieve in your business. Um, we've worked with people in the past who either haven't had anything documented or have had something documented that was written back in the 1970s and is, you know, just, it references laws that no longer exist. Um, it references things that are not considered reasonable nowadays, all of that sort of stuff. So it's being aware of that. 
Um, now, the other thing in terms of contractors, you need to understand from a tax perspective, whether you have any liabilities to those contractors. So if you have overseas contractors, your agreement should reference the fact that they're responsible for their tax compliance in their jurisdiction. Um, and any, you know, things like the equivalent of superannuation, so pension funds, anything like that, they have those responsibilities in their jurisdiction if they're a foreign contractor. In the Australian jurisdiction, if you are contracting someone in Australia, then as the person engaging the contractor, depending on the work that they do and the type of agreement you have, you may be responsible for remitting their superannuation. Now, I'm raising this as a red flag for you because accountants, despite the fact that this has been law since 2009, accountants are just becoming aware of it. So we've had a number of clients where their former contractors have gone and got an accountant to do their books and the accountant has gone, well, you don't have any super paid here. Now, despite the fact that that contractor agreed at the time that the amount they were paid was all inclusive, they're now coming back and saying, if you don't pay us super on top of what you previously paid, then we're going to tell the ATO and you'll get a penalty notice from the ATO. So you'll be paying us super and you'll be paying the ATO a penalty as well. Now, I, I question the people doing that, but with all of the costs that we are subject to at the moment and what's happening, um, you know, financially and environmentally for a lot of people, they're looking at any option and any avenue to gain income. And that is an increasing risk. Um, so the ways around that, when we write contractor agreements, we have indemnity provisions in those agreements to say that if at any point in the future that person is deemed for the purpose of superannuation contributions to be an employee, which is the way the ATO works, um, then they indemnify you for, for that amount. So what that means is if you paid them already, and they indemnify you, if you get a penalty notice from the ATO, then they have to cover the cost of that notice. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. No. Okay, Sabrina. So what I'm saying is, um, <clears throat> if you've paid a contractor and you haven't paid their super and they haven't remitted super on their own behalf and they come back six months later and say, well, you didn't pay my super, you now have to pay me an additional amount for super. By putting an indemnity provision in the contract in the first place, if they threaten and say, okay, well, we're going to complain to the ATO and you get a letter from the ATO that says, you have to pay this person super and you have to pay a penalty, then you can enforce that indemnity against the contractor. So what that means is you can go to the contractor and say, I've now received this notice. In our contract, it says you'll indemnify me for this. You now have to pay me this amount. And yes, so, it'll get remitted to the ATO, mm -hmm. but it's a circular argument. So it goes then back the other way around. But, but can you just explain to me, I've heard indemnify so often. What does it actually mean? 
I never understood it. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So an indemnity is where you put a person back in the position they would have been in, but for the circumstance. So if I indemnify you um, in this situation, if I have been your contractor, you've paid me the agreed amount in full. I've gone away, spoken to my accountant. My accountant says super needs to be paid. I've gone, oh, well, I don't have it. And he says, well, we can go back to Sabrina and get it off her. Um, so you get a nasty letter in the mail from the ATO. We have an indemnity provision in the contract where you engaged me. So in under that indemnity provision, you say, okay, I've got this nasty letter in the mail from the ATO. I'm going to pay this amount so that it doesn't get worse. But under this agreement, I can take you to court and I can require you to pay me all of that amount. And because it's an indemnity, you have to cover my costs as well. Or you can just pay it to me and it's all resolved. So that I don't, you don't suffer any loss where I indemnify you. So if it's, for example, it's very common around breach clauses. So if a breach clause in an agreement says, if you commit this breach, you indemnify me for the cost of the breach, and I'm the one who gets sued, then that indemnity means you cover all costs and you hold me harmless. You put me back in a position as if I had never been involved and never had to do anything about it in the first place. So that's what an indemnity is, is, is putting you back in a position that you never experienced that in the first place, financially anyway. Mm -hmm. The stress and everything doesn't get compensated. Trinette, okay. can I ask, um, so yeah. in, hi, my name is Manuela. Hi, Manuela. Um, hi. Um, so should that occur? Um, and then say I have this indemnity provision in, in the contract. Yes. Um, and I get this letter from the ATO. And I so that does it mean I have to pay the, the superannuation that they're claiming, but the contractor is paying my fine? Both. They, no, both. the contractor pays both. Really? Wow. Yes, really. Yep. Because you've already, so your original agreement says it's all inclusive. And yeah. it's, they have to look after their own bits and pieces and they fail to look after their own bits and pieces. And as a result, you get a nasty letter. Yeah. And the indemnity provision says, well, you have to hold me harmless. So that is not just the penalty, it's the super as well, because the, it was an all-inclusive amount. So yeah. they're basically double dipping. Yeah. Yeah. Because I am aware of having contractors and, you know, um, and use using them as like um, what you call pseudo employees, basically, by just you know getting around not paying super and not, and other benefits. Yeah, well, that's why these changes are coming into place. And with single touch payroll, yeah. so single touch payroll now is requiring you to enter in who your contractors are. Oh, really? Yeah, really. And that's coming in now. So if you're on, yeah, if you're on single touch payroll, you'll be nominating contractors as contractors and it'll make it a lot easier for the ATO to, to track this. I mean, my, my, I work with a lot of contract, only contractors. I have an immigration agency yep. and, um, and, and I'm very um, uh, aware uh, and make a point of them being um, 
genuine contractors, meaning yeah. they're having that they're having their own business, yeah. and they're also contracting for other firms. Yep. Yep. So they're genuine contractors. I know, worth, but it might be worth your while getting Jeanette to have a look at your contracts. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Yep. Okay. So there's some things to get you thinking. <laughs> and I think it's really got us thinking as well. I, Paul did have one other question there in the chat. Yeah. He asked Sorry, uh, I have your opinion on the NDNC and NDA docs. Okay. Um, it depends how they're written. Some of them are enforceable and some of them aren't. Some of them are really good. Some of them aren't. So it, it, there's... The thing with an NDNC and an NDA um, is they are enforceable, but it means you've got to spend money to enforce them. Um, and also that depending on how they're written and how they're signed, they may or may not be enforceable. So there are different rules in signing agreements um, depending on whether they're a contract or a deed. And the difference is a contract is binding on both parties and a deed, there's no consideration. So it's not considered a binding contract. So if it's not signed properly, it's not binding. So if the NDA is a non-disclosure agreement and there's consideration mentioned in the agreement, then it's a binding contract. But if it's a like a confidentiality deed and there's no consideration, then if it hasn't been signed properly as a deed, which before this year meant you couldn't sign it electronically without a witness, um, then it wouldn't be binding. Now, the signing rules around deeds are different in each state and territory in Australia and different in different jurisdictions. So it's important to understand whether it's a contract or a deed and then whether the appropriate signing provisions have been um, done to make it binding and that all depends on how it's worded so for example I am a judge on the Moreton Bay Business in uh, Business Excellence Awards and when they first sent us a confidentiality notice to sign it was non-binding so I sent it back to them and said hey guys um, you might want to fix this before you give us all the confidential information about the entrance and they did within 24 hours, we got a new a new one back to sign, which was appropriately binding. Um, so yeah, it's it's having an awareness of what's in the document um, and and whether or not it's binding in the way it's written, but also having an awareness that you may have to spend money to enforce it. So some really great advice in there to understand that and knowing how to make sure that your documents do cover what it is that you've paid to have them do. Nothing worse than having a document and then find it's like no power whatsoever. When you Absolutely. And that's the risk of, like, there are, there are some very credible template sites online. But, you know, if you do a Google search, because um, you can do a Google search colon PDF or colon DOCX or whatever, um, and just copy a document, you don't know where it's come from, what jurisdiction it belongs to. Um, you know, you're better off buying from a credible template website or getting advice. Well, I think after this, you'll be getting an email from me. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem, Alan. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much for that.